0: This is social disgusting. There's no subtle way to transition to this, so I'm going to just ask, and this is usually the first thing I ask, but how are you?
1: <laughs> I'm fine. I'm actually doing uh, pretty well. I spent the last 50-plus days really buried in this uh, piece about Drafthouse, which mm-hmm. uh, when I took on this role, I took it on as I often do uh, in journalism roles because in my head, I want to be the movie spotlight. I want to be that journalist that like dies trying to work on the piece, like it dies inside and like spends a year on something and like it really matters. Yeah. And then you wind up in the movie spotlight and you're like, Oh shit, this is more than I can actually handle as a person. Uh, and so Abby, uh, my, my co-writer and I sort of for the last month plus month, two months have done nothing but this, like taking calls from people, Listening to stories of abuse, Uh it it is exactly like what I went through with Nexium by myself, but that was a couple of years ago. And I mm-hmm. got to the end of this. We hit publish on Wednesday of this week. And Thursday morning, I woke up and looked at my life and I was like, oh, shit, my life is in ruins. And my wife was like, yeah, I've been telling you that for a while, like my mental health, my physical health. Like, I was mm-hmm. like, well, shit. I've got to go like meet with doctors immediately and make some huge changes and like do, do some of this stuff. And like, it is sort of marked in my calendar now because I feel like six months from now, a year from now, I'm going to look back at that day when the the haze finally cleared from being just focused solely on this thing and realize, okay, that's the day that saved my life because I feel like if I'd gone another 10 days with this, between a lot of the choices I was making and how I was coping with this, I think I would actually be dead. My wife agrees with me on that. And wow. so, like, um, today feels like a brand new day and the sun is much brighter and I'm doing a lot of work all of a sudden uh, because I realized, shit, I have to or I will die. Uh, so,
0: yeah. Well, no, uh, I, it's so that's how that, good I am. <laughs> no, fair enough. I mean, obviously, but it's the idea that with each day and everything that you do within those days, you're taking steps out of that hole that. Right. That mental hole and i say that as somebody who a handful of years ago i had a genuine like breakdown like and you don't know it or at least the degree by which you're in it mm-hmm. until you're really out of it and you just have that context because like it was like i had just this Stockholm syndrome that in the moment it's almost like with you have blinders on and you have no other choice there's right. i had a physical tick that i had created you know where or that manifests itself where I would think about work and then I would shake my head involuntarily to like to literally shake the thoughts out. That was a thing. And I talk about it now. And it's just like that is in its own way like cinematic because it's, it's a thing where you see it. And right. you're just like, oh, that's interesting. But in a very like observational way, like that wouldn't happen to me. But, oh, that's that's interesting from like an anthropological standpoint. But then it happens to you. And in that moment, it's just a thing. Right. That's not even weird. And then not that it is weird, but, you know, you just experience it and it's just life.
1: I've been pretty open about my, uh, previous attempts, uh, hmm. especially in my twenties. And this feels like this would have ended in one of those. And mm-hmm. this is the first time in my life that instead of having to wake up in the hospital and realize that everything had gone wrong, I actually saw like the, the cliff's edge, like instead yeah. of wily coyoting off the cliff and then looking down and then falling, this was the first time that I sort of skidded to a halt and was like, Oh, okay, that's that's the drop-off. I got to walk back the other direction real fast
0: here. <laughs> See, well, yeah, exactly. I know exactly what you mean because it's that weird thing of, like, obviously, I wish that hadn't happened because it was absolute hell. And, <laughs> and, and it was not a thing where you're just like, oh, that's not good, and then everything's back to normal. It's a long, long process. But at the same time, I can't imagine how poorly I would ha- be handling all of this If I didn't have that, you know, and it's almost like I have a little bit more of that mental infrastructure in place to your point, to be able to, to see the signs. And although I'm still very slow at seeing them, I still see them before I get to that point again. We can do better each
1: time, which is all you can ask for, especially if you're the sort of personality type that like, I'm sure I'll be near the cliff again soon. Like it's, I I mean, yeah, it's,
0: (laughs) it's going to happen, but yeah, at least I can get a whiff of it before it happens. Thank God. Just, um, Lifeline, the lifetime of that project just ended, and you can get to that point where you just realize, oh shit, this could have been very, very bad if you it happened. Yeah. Like God, thank God. um Thank you. And and by the way, that's a uh, obviously a truly aw- awful, awful situation, circumstances of people having to work under that and deal with it, and it being seemingly pretty much in the firmament of that culture, but. It's also it's a hell of a piece. So thank like, you, I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, like really, God, it was it was that that weird. It was awful, but it was very riveting and eye opening. To to put it lightly, how's the reception been on that?
1: Um, well, uh, got a lot of national attention, uh, mm-hmm. and I've uh, had a number of calls with the Alamo National yeah. Company, uh, where we'll call it off the record, but things are there is a there is a good amount of promised change, and like certainly they have done that before, but they do have a new CEO and they took. um, I I think the best thing that I can say about every part of my interactions with them around this is that rather than pushing back on things, they mostly were just fucking horrified Mm -hmm. Uh, and and expressed that very clearly. And uh, it it seems like there's a lot about what was in the article that basically uh, local management just covered for each other and never reported to national. Nationals so like a solid half of these stories I don't think National had ever heard about if if they were to be taken at their word uh, which okay. I go back and forth on on some parts of it but like I absolutely buy that the boys club here didn't tell anyone anywhere else about a lot of these things and so a lot of a lot of our interactions made me feel like they are trying to be good faith actors at least around this at least this time. <laughs> So we'll see. Uh, I've been promised that there'll be updates uh, in, in the near future about like, what they're doing and how they're handling stuff. And I've heard um, sort of through the grapevine that some changes have already happened. Uh, so uh, all I wanted to do was to... it Obviously, uh, it isn't a piece about naming and shaming yeah. uh, abusers. It's a piece about systematic issues. And if the systematic issues are being fixed and people that work there moving forward are protected, then that's all I can ask. I can't go back there, uh, but
0: no, uh, no. I know.
1: I hope. I hope the best for everyone else. And this was this was to protect working class people uh, and to demand better, uh, not to single out five or six dudes and uh, and destroy their lives. Which feels good to do something that is universal instead of personal.
0: <laughs> no, absolutely. And it's uh, as somebody with. I mean, I, I have a degree in journalism. Not that that necessarily like gives me any more insight by any stretch, but it is nice to just read these pieces. Well, read these pieces that are actually what journalism is supposed to be. Yeah, you know, that's nice and reaffirming. Just especially when my just opinion on like national news, just like the CNN and Fox News and all those of the world, and just the absolute like blatant corporatization of them and and just created of narratives for the sake of an arbitrary 24-hour news cycle it's nice to read something like that and see that change will come out of it and people's lives will be better for it after so much awful things have happened in the past and hopefully they stay there yeah so it was yeah hell of a piece in general but yeah that's (laughs) very nice yeah is uh i guess i just want to wrap it up i don't want to get in more of your time but is there anything you want to point people toward uh before we wrap it up uh in terms of what (laughs) I mean, what, whatever. I mean, it could be something specific to what you do, or it could be just, hey, you, you know, like, oh, I saw this movie, and it's great, or just, what I mean, anything, or nothing. It's whatever you want.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Uh, everyone's got time right now. Maybe today's the day to watch
0: Southland Tales. <laughs> that movie, that's funny. A friend of mine has told me for years now, like, you've got, it's better it's better than you remember, I, I guarantee you. You need to watch that. And that has been on my list for a minute, so... Yeah, I'll I'll heed that advice, and I'm going to go back to watch that because I didn't know what to do with it at the time. And... Well, no one
1: did, and clearly no one involved did. If you're listening and you don't know, uh, basically yeah. the director of Donnie Darko released – well, he released Donnie Darko, which uh, is based on – a horrific plane crash, and it came out less than a month after 9-11, so it was kinda buried. Uh, And then everyone that went to college and tried an edible for the first time in the next 10 years (laughs) uh, had it as their favorite movie. But the director, Richard Kelly, can't explain what it's about, which is part of its enduring legacy, Uh, mostly uh, because, uh, it turns out, Jake Gyllenhaal just kept rewriting it uh, as they went along, even though Jake Gyllenhaal was like 19 at the time. But also the director (laughs) was just out of USC. And just like Brady Stoneless, anyone that's just out of USC and and makes their uh, their giant breakthrough, I have a wonderful love-hate relationship with. <laughs> uh, anyway, the studios loved this guy. They're like, ah, this thing is this weird indie hit, and like this is our next brainchild. And they gave him infinity money to make this movie called Southland Tales, which is akin to perhaps I'll say Magnolia, as as Paul of Tompkins once yeah. summed up, it, just a movie about everyone in Los Angeles opening up a phone book and calling everyone else in Los Angeles Uh, and it is a wild out of control science fiction film that uses the rock Sarah Michelle Gellar and a lot of people from like 90s SNL and it is nearly three hours long. It does not make any fucking sense and it is also like for what I know to be an absolutely garbage film. It is one of my favorite things in the world. And I can quote every line of it. And I think that it's just incredible and incredibly funny. And to know that there is a director's cut that's been screened once or twice that is even longer by like 40 <laughs> minutes, uh, that I believe got booed out of con uh, yeah. when it premiered. It is one of those things that like we have nothing but time right now. <laughs> the chance that like you you have a one in five chance of this becoming your new favorite movie. And If it is not, you will just love the hate watch of it from start to finish, just shouting constantly at your screen, what, who, why? But also, there is so much about it from being in 2006 that I think was meant to skewer where he thought the Bush administration was going, but now actually applies to the Trump administration. Like there is a whole like voter ID system that they're trying to put in place and like Trump's idea of a voter id system has like the exact same name but also socialism is on the rise and that's what they're fighting against but also justin timberlake uh karaoke's a song by the killers set to this elaborate like bugsy berkeley like Mm -hmm. musical number like it just every five minutes it's a different movie And then somebody fires a a rocket launcher off a flying ice cream truck into a Zeppelin while the rock sings a song. And it's just like, there's there's no part of it that you could guess what is happening next, which is the best thing that you can say about it. And I think that was when the studio system recognized, oh, this like 22 year old director writer has no fucking clue what he's doing. And it doesn't matter because it's great. Uh, And like, I unironically adore it. Like it even starts by saying like, it's, it's a three-chapter movie, and the first chapter is episode four, just like <laughs> the original Star Wars. And chapters one through three are set in a comic book that no one was able to buy until like a year after the movie came out. Yeah. So like none of that matters either. Like it's it's just, it is it is a thing. Uh, and this is, this is probably the best sell for it in quarantine. It is a <laughs> thing that you put in front of you. You don't have to engage if you don't want to, or to whatever degree you want to. You will just put this into your eyeballs and it does not require more than that. Uh, no. You will just be like, you know what? I don't know where this started. I don't know where it ends. That's a cool version of a Pixies song and a Muse song. I don't know. And uh, uh, Zelda from the Poltergeist movies is here. I, it's it's wonderful. Just absolutely yeah. delightful from start to finish. <laughs> it is
0: it is truly extraordinary. And I'm not sure if it has something for everyone or Nothing for anyone, but it's it is both at the same time. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. really is. Yeah, that's fair. And the name somebody of... who
1: loves it, I absolutely agree. Like if if I'm watching my wife fucking hates it. She finally <laughs> gave in and watched it with me. And, and like I've watched it more in the last couple of months than I've ever watched it because, like, now that we're in the period of like Zoom movie watch parties with friends, like I have so many friends that are like, you know, I've not seen that. And I was like, well Let's put it in the Google calendar. We'll get three more of us (laughs) together and we'll fucking do this. And like just getting to watch so many people react to it. It's more people than I've ever shown it to in my entire life. And I fucking love it.
0: Yeah, it has truly, from a casting standpoint, the most random assemblage of disparate people. All with truly batshit crazy names. Every single one of them. Every one of
1: them. I, 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 I think it's Siskel. I forget if it's Siskel or Ebert, but their their thing was like the test of a movie is like whether or not watching the movie or having dinner with the cast would be more interesting. And this (laughs) is absolutely not past that, but also it does because they're all made to do such fucking bizarre things. John Lovett plays a fucking murder cop like as straight up, but with dyed blonde hair. And you're just like, uh, the, he's a genuinely threatening villain that, like, I find fascinating. And you're yeah. just like, okay, uh, he shows up at the two-hour mark, like, <laughs> just like, yeah, <laughs> why not? Why not have the critic here? Like, it's fine.
0: That's incredible. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'll rewatch it tonight. I'm already sold. <laughs> I am sold. absolutely sold. I am completely sold on that. I, I mean, got
1: one more for the cult. God. And then you're absolutely gonna Twitter and DM me and be like. Yeah, that was actually shit. And I'll be like, that's fine.
0: <laughs> thank you for being on the show. What the fuck? Thank you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? Speaking of that, thank you. Thank you for being on the show. That was awesome. Really enjoyed it. And and thank you again for truly the journalism you're doing because it's really nice to see and it's really important stuff, I think. So. Hey,
1: it was wonderful to meet you. This was This was a delight and thank you for going double the time with me. We clearly had things to talk about.
0: Look, I mean, once, once South Tales gets on the table, too, like, time is purely a theoretical thing for me. We'll go two hours on that if we need to. But it's.
1: <laughs> if we'd talked longer about it than the movie ran, this would have been my favorite episode of any podcast. Ever.
0: <laughs> God, don't tempt me, because I could do that all day. <laughs> I, haven't even, I mean, I'm just looking at the names on IMDb to remind myself. I haven't even gone into the trivia, which I forgot about. But I do remember, by the way, before the movie came out, that there was a very ambitious website explaining everything. Because I went on that website at the time. And it's one of those things, too, where it's like looking at... I know you wrote a piece on it, but it's like looking at the game GoldenEye today and it being like, at the time, it was just like, this is incredible and immersive. But you look at today and it's like I have glaucoma, I can barely see what's happening. And that website at the time was next level, like, oh, well, this is the future. And now I'm sure it's awful. But at the time, it was, they put a lot of time and effort, even to something as, you know, benign back then as a website.
1: But you had to if the prequel comic book wasn't readable (laughs) by anybody. Not that anyone read the website either.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Richard Kelly, he, I think it was, I remember reading that he never, he got into film school after never being a real filmmaker. He, like, one of those people who kind of, like, talked his way into a program. And if that's true, maybe I'm misremembering, but I believe that because it really doesn't feel like, based on some of the things he's done, like, he had any idea of what he was And I say that, honestly, more as a compliment than not, because there are so many people that do, quote, unquote, know what they're doing, and it's like, oh, well, we've seen that a billion times. I, I do
1: adore his work, and I do also fully believe that the actors and editors and everyone else around, like takes it into a back room at night when he's not around like what do we fucking do with this i don't know this is <laughs> yeah. the best thing i think that we could arrange it in. and then the next
0: day he's like <laughs> i had a good idea here well done to me <laughs> i know yeah exactly like i know that every statement he says has a question mark at the end and it's <laughs> not really uh, giving us much confidence but at the same time like i mean it's this isn't boring right i mean at the very least it is weirdly fascinating yeah, it's I'm um, I'm also fascinated by the fact that he's not made. That's the last movie he made. Well, no, sorry, the box. Oh nine, so eleven years. Yeah, eleven years he's not made a movie, and well, uh, no, he's made the box. <laughs> yeah, so Yeah, but eleven years. That was oh nine. So was it? My yes. God. Yeah. So that was 2009, and uh, man, it's it's wild to think that like Shyamalan has made his full on comeback, and granted, he did that. By self-producing, and he had all of the money that Richard Kelly never made to finance these things. But I'm curious about what he's doing, because in my Richard brain... Richard Kelly has
1: said that he is in the middle of making three different movies that should come out soon. And I'm just like, what are what are, are, are you, though?
0: Like, you know I what? want to know.
1: Like, I would love it if like he just released a trilogy of things, like, one weekend <laughs> in the middle of pandemic.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, wow, it's just weird... Fifteen-hour-long Richard Kelly movie on Vimeo. Okay, let's watch that. <laughs> you know uh, <laughs> the. Uh, you know he, he. This is a deeply unfair statement, but the, the parallel in my head is he feels like he is he's dumb Shane Carruth, and like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, and and granted, I say that, and Shane Carruth has seemingly been outed as a, an abuser, and I, I it's difficult for me to want to watch any of his movies, frankly, ever again, even. Though admittedly, I have seen them multiple times and I don't understand anything happening in them. I truly don't. And I've really tried. But uh, yeah, he does remind me that of like the person who is like too too much going on, too many massive ambitious failures to get another job in Hollywood. But Sangle Ruth seems intellectually very smart. And Richard Kelly just seems like a nice guy who's kind of confused all the time.
1: I, I don't think he's dumb. I think he's like chaotic neutral Shane Caruth.
0: Okay. Okay. <laughs> Certainly yeah. not
1: a bad guy. And no, I don't think no, no, a no. dumb guy, but probably somebody that like the issue is like, as Southland Tales proves, I have too many ideas and I have no idea how to cut it down. <laughs> and then everyone's like, well, what, let's. what if we shoot all of it and then we'll go back? <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. He's the type who, um, Had three different screenplays, and instead of like working them into each other, just literally combine them.
1: Uh, I'll just grab every third page from all three, and then that's one movie. Like, that is Southland Tales. Like, that's
0: fine. Are they going to let you make a movie that's two hours and 40 minutes? And he's like, I don't know, let's try it. And then they're they're going to let me make
1: a movie that's three
0: hours and 25
1: minutes, and then I'm going to recut it after it gets booed out of a film festival for 11 minutes straight.
0: (laughs) Uh, he's at least going to make $10 off this podcast from at least a rental, one of which at the very least is me. Certainly I hope tonight. he does.
1: I absolutely adore him and I love his work and I want him to come back. If he winds up listening, God, I fucking love you. I know he follows me on Twitter and I know that I've said some things about Sapphire and Tales over the time that he probably should have unfollowed me over, but my God, I love it. To death, and I hope it's a, it is a sincere appreciation, and I hope he knows that
0: yeah hey if if you 're listening first of all, I deeply apologize for the <laughs> stupid for the stupid Jane joke that was just in my head, and I just had to get it out but uh, please come on because I would truly love nothing more than to talk to you at the, and-
1: at, the, at, at the very least at the most base level. He is not an abuser. And we can say that about so few people in entertainment at this point. So, like, you know what? Give Richard E. Kelly all the Shane Carruth projects. It's fine.
0: No, 100%. Yes. And I I truly, I will watch anything he makes. I am all in on that. So, yeah, thank you again for coming on. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please wear a mask. That's all I got for you. Please wear a mask. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening. Goodbye.
1: Bye.